Welcome again, folks, to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, right here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Now, we get on the air each weekend. We have a marvelous engineer. His name is Alan Dempsey, uh, quite prominent, a uh, legend in his own mind. And and then uh, we get produced by Andrew Herdliska, uh, who pulls it all together for us. And in this first segment, Ralph Martin is with us. He's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, president of Renewal Ministries. Uh, he's got a book, A Church in Crisis, Pathways Forward. Ralph, welcome to Orlando. How are you? Thanks, Pat. I wish I could be with you in person. I just shoveled snow this morning up north here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, we'll, we'll come visit you in July. That, that, that's, <laughs> yes. that's a good trade-off. Yeah. Uh, so, so you open uh, with part one, a church in crisis. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm talking primarily about the Catholic Church, but it really applies to an awful lot of the churches, and it also applies to the whole trends in our culture. So, like right now, in, in the Catholic Church, there's just a lot of confusion and division. There's a lot of stuff coming out of Rome that's a little bit hard to figure out and seems kind of confusing. And, and is developing up kind of conflict between cardinals who are attacking cardinals and bishops are disagreeing with other bishops and whole national bishops conferences are are, re, are interpreting basic moral issues in in opposite directions. So uh, there's a need to kind of repeat the uh, the truths of the faith in a clear way. And like the Apostle Paul says, if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who's going to come for battle? So right now when the culture is just really pressing us on, you know, really terrible rebellion against God, terrible apostasy, terrible rejection of his word, and and really pressure on the church not to speak the word of God, just when that's happening, it's the time where the church most needs needs to speak with a clear voice, and at least in the Catholic Church, it's, it's, it's in a bad situation right now. Chapter 1 is called A Time of Confusion and Division— uh, what's going on here? Well, I think that uh, there was confusion and division about 50 years ago when Vatican II just tried to bring about a renewal in the Church, a really good renewal, a renewal in God's Word, reading the Bible, or a renewal in the uh, priesthood of all believers, and every layperson called to holiness and evangelization. Uh, but also, it hit at a time that there's a huge cultural revolution, 1968, where the whole world seemed to go crazy, throwing out traditions, throwing out authority, you know, demonstrations against the war, make make love, not war, uh, and acceptance of uh, sexual immorality. And so St. John Paul II and Benedict XVI tried to really calm all that down and reaffirm the basic truths of the faith. And we now have the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which reaffirms you know, what Christians have always believed about sex and marriage and the uniqueness of Christ, the necessity of faith and repentance uh, for salvation. But uh, but now we, we don't have that right now. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in a really, really a bad time. Pope Francis seems to be not, not interested in clearing up the confusions. Uh, some think he's even like, furthering the confusion because he's leaning in a different direction. And uh, 
while he's not formally teaching era, he seems to be appointing people who are really leaning in a direction of accommodating with the culture rather than confronting the culture when it really is, is opposed to Christ and his teaching. Now, uh, I want you to get to topic two. Is there a solid place to stand, you ask? Yes. The answer to that, thanks be to God, is yes. We really need to recover our confidence in sacred scripture. You know, the Catholic Church has a saying that scripture is the soul of theology. If there's anything it's ever taught that's not in harmony with scripture, it's not true. And the Catholic Church sees itself as not above scripture, but really serving the, the proper interpretation and, and preservation of uh, what came to us from Jesus and the apostles and what's really written down in sacred scripture. So uh, we need to recover our confidence in sacred scripture. Years of really flaky Bible study has left a lot of Catholics confused about scripture. Is it just stories? Is it just food for thought? Is it just interesting spiritual nourishment? Or is it the very word of God? where the Lord himself is speaking to us that we really need to take seriously. And one of the things that Vatican II tried to do, it published a document called Constitution on Sacred Revelation, and what it says in section 11, it says, everything asserted by the sacred authors should be considered to be asserted by the Holy Spirit and to teach faithfully, firmly, and without error those truths which God wished to consign to the sacred writings for the sake of our salvation. So, you know, yes, there's some things in Scripture hard to understand, but there's so many things that are so crystal clear. And, and what the Catholic Church really believes about Scripture, and a lot of Catholics don't realize this, is that everything that's asserted by the sacred writers should be considered to be asserted by the Holy Spirit, to teach firmly, faithfully, and without error the inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture, and put there in the Word of God for the sake of our salvation. So when, when the Scripture becomes unclear to people, when people doubt the Holy Scripture, they're putting their salvation at, at, at risk because this is the pathway that God is revealing to us, the only pathway which people can be saved. And so it's so important for us to recover our confidence in, in the inerrancy, inspiration, and reliability of God's Word. And thanks be to God, there's a whole new generation of Catholic Bible study, uh, Bible scholars, and there's a whole generation of solid evangelical Bible scholarship that's standing together for the inspiration and inerrancy of God's Word. Uh, now, <clears throat> my guest is Ralph Martin from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Is it all a game, the fog of universalism? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> I think one of the greatest deceptions that the devil has infiltrated into the church, and this is even in some evangelical churches, and certainly in the mainline Protestant churches, but it's really a fog that's in the Catholic Church, too. If I were to describe how many of our fellow Catholics and so many of our fellow some of our evangelicals even, and, and certainly almost all of our mainline Protestant churches, if I were to describe what they believe, I would describe it like this. Broad and wide is the way that leads to heaven, and almost everybody's going that way. <clears throat> but narrow is the door that leads to, to hell, and hard, difficult is the road, and hardly anybody's going that way. Now, Pat, you know that this is just the opposite of what Jesus himself says in sacred scripture. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus says, broad and wide is the way that leads to destruction, mm -hmm. and many are traveling that way. Narrow is the door that leads to life, difficult to road, and few there are who are finding it. 
Now, we know that Jesus wasn't happy that few were finding a road. We know that that's not his desire. We know from 1 Timothy chapter 2 that God wills the whole human race to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But people have to respond to the mercy that God is showing us in Jesus. People have to respond to the gospel as it's preached and proclaimed in order to get connected to Jesus and, and, and enter the Father's house. Jesus has come to return us, to bring us back to the Father's house. And if we don't pay attention to him, if we don't respond to him with faith and conversion, repentance and baptism, uh, we're, we're really in grave danger. And, and of course, that's not an isolated text. You know, the whole message of Jesus is that you've got to make a choice. You know, there's going to be a separation, you know, on, on the day of judgment. Uh, some are going to be expelled from the kingdom, and some are going to be welcomed in. And there's parable after parable and, and apostolic preaching after apostolic preaching that tells us that there really is a heaven and there really is a hell. And you don't drift into heaven. You've got to make a choice. You've got to stop straddling the issue. You've got to repent. You've got to really believe Jesus and become his disciple. Now... Ralph, we got to take a break, and when we come back after the break, uh, we're going to get into Chapter 4, The Revolution Continues. My guest is Ralph Martin. We're talking about his book, A Church in Crisis, Pathways Forward. Uh, Just a quick reminder, folks, we are trying and working hard uh, to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando one day. And you can help. Just go up to the website, orlandodreamers.com, and just check in and uh, let us hear from you, saying, yes, good idea. I like this. like to be part of it. Might want to be a season ticket holder someday if this all works out. Orlandodreamers.com. This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, the word in Orlando. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, and we have a guest. His name is Ralph Martin. He's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. His book is called A Church in Crisis. The Revolution Continues, Ralph. That's your next topic. What's that mean? Yeah, well, I'm talking about how the sexual revolution isn't going to be content until we're willing to deny reality and really burn incense to the new emperor, which is the emperor of anything goes in sexuality. Uh, you, you, you don't have to respect biological facts anymore. If you want to be a woman, just call yourself a woman. We're all going to have to call you a woman. Or if you want to be a man, you're a woman. Yes, we're going to have to all call you that or else we're going to be shamed. We're going to be humiliated. We might be fired. We might be uh, uh, sued for hate speech you know, or discrimination. So it's getting really crazy. You know, what began with celebrating fornication back in the 60s has now extended to uh, adultery and also the active practice of homosexuality. And and now it's kind of barreling towards its insane conclusion that uh, the very fact of male and female is being denied as a reality given by God that we have to respect and have to work in terms with. And so I think we're really, really getting into a pretty bad situation right now. And the culture is going to be insisting that we burn incense to the emperor again. And the emperor now is anything goes. There's no rules anymore. There's no objective reality anymore. You can decide for yourself who, who what reality is. And it's very much like the original temptation in the in the garden, you know, where the, the serpent came and 
kind of spoke to the first human beings and said, you know what? You can be like gods. You know, just don't pay attention to God. Don't believe him. Don't trust him. Uh, you can have it all yourself by declaring your independence. And that's what the human race has been doing ever since. And that's what's happening now as Christian influence wanes in our society, as more and more people openly repudiate Christian faith. We're seeing something like what Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about as the great apostasy. We're seeing a massive turning away from God. Uh, also, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about a certain removal of the restrainer on lawlessness and evil that's going to happen before the Lord returns. We're seeing something like that happen. So we're in a very serious situation. And so Christians really need to get clear in their heads what the truth is about sexuality and marriage, what God has created it for, and, and, and what Scripture really says. And that includes really taking seriously 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where Paul says, don't let anybody deceive you. The immoral, and the underlying Greek word there is porneia, the, the sexually immoral, will not enter the kingdom of God. And then it goes on to specify the fornicator, the adulterer, the person who engages in active homosexual practice, the thief, the robber, the drunkard, the idolater, the greedy, will not enter the kingdom of God. Then the good news is Paul goes on to say, some of you were in bondage to these terrible things, but the Lord has set you free by the power of Jesus Christ, by his blood, by his spirit, by the waters of baptism. And of course, 1 Corinthians 6 isn't an isolated text. You know, Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, he goes through a very similar list of licentiousness and impurity and, you know, oppressing the poor, uh, causing division in the body of Christ, so many, so many really bad things. And he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do these things will not enter the kingdom of God. And in Ephesians chapter 5, he repeats it again. He says, the impure person will not enter the kingdom of God. And because of this, the wrath of God is breaking out upon the earth. And then Revelation 20 or 21, it says, you know, you know, Jesus said, I think in Matthew 5, or was it Matthew 10, where he said, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but be afraid of the death and destruction of the soul and the body in hell. Then he also said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better to enter the kingdom missing an eye or missing a, a hand than to go down to hell with an intact body. So Jesus is saying, this is really serious. This could... This could lead you to separation from God forever. This could lead you to hell. So do whatever you need to do to get free of serious sin. Get into a 12-step group. Repent. Uh, have an uh, accountability buddy. Get rid of your computer if it's causing you to sin. Stop drinking if it's causing you to sin. Stop hanging out with certain people if it's causing you to sin. Be radical because your very life, your eternal life, depends on it. And even your peace and joy in this life depends on it. Ralph Martin is our guest. His book, A Church in Crisis. The next topic, Ralph, how long will you straddle the issue? Yeah. Maybe I could also tell people, Pat, how to get the book. Uh, Please. They could, get it at, they could get it at our website, which is Renewal Ministries, all one word, renewalministries.net. Or they can get it on Amazon or you know a Christian bookstore any, anywhere where books are sold. But if they, we'd appreciate if they could get it at our our website renewalministries.net. So, but it's widely available. Okay, 
how long will you straddle the issue? Well, that's that's from the prophet uh, Elijah, where God's people had fallen into idolatry, and a lot of our people are being tempted to idolatry to to kind of burn incense to the, the cultural values and to actually deny Christ, and, and by doing so, by their silence or by their active affirmation of of, of lies, and uh, this is where you know the confusion today. Like I hate to say this, Pat, but this confusion coming out of Rome these days. You know, they just had a, a couple of years ago uh, a meeting of world bishops talking about the Amazon region of, of South America and how we need to care for the environment and things like that. And as part of the synod, uh, they call it it, uh, there were little statues of naked ladies that were brought into the Vatican, <laughs> into St. Peter's Basilica, into the place where the bishops were, you know, celebrating, and into the Vatican Gardens. And, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, and uh, the picture of people bowing down to the earth and venerating these statues was just so shocking to so many Catholics and other peoples as well. And the statues turned out to be little images of somebody called Pachamama, who's an earth goddess from from the Amazon region in, in South America. And so Pope Francis later tried to explain that even though you can use symbols like this and effigies like this from another culture, you don't it doesn't mean that you're intending idolatry, but oh what confusing signals it gives. The same thing with the focus on interreligious dialogue. Yes, we don't want to unnecessarily be stereotyping Muslims or Hindus or Jews. We want to honor them for the positive aspects in their religions, but we also don't want to diminish in any way the claims of Christ for the whole human race to turn to him. And there's a certain kind of downpedaling of the unique and absolute claims of Jesus Christ to be Lord of all the world and to be the only Savior of the human race. And when that gets muffled, that undercuts uh, evangelization, that undercuts holiness, that undercuts people dedicating their lives to mission. And so we got to stop straddling the issue. We got each one of us has to answer the question for ourselves. Who do you say he is? And you know what the answer to that is? He is the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. And people sometimes ask me, Ralph, aren't you discouraged? You probably know more what's going on with the Catholic Church that's wrong than anybody. And aren't you discouraged? I'm not discouraged because Jesus is the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And nothing happens on the face of the earth that doesn't happen under the providence of God. And those things that are happening, even the wicked things, even the terrible things, even the disappointing things, even the injurious things, he's permitting for a reason. And he has the power, and he has the wisdom, and he has the love to bring good out of what appears to be evil, to bring justice to those who are suffering from this, and to bring judgment on those who are fomenting it, who refuse to repent. And I think he's allowing it for the purification of the Church. He's allowing it so that wickedness is able to reach a ripeness and manifest itself, so it can be judged if it doesn't repent. And so I'm not discouraged at all because this is all happening under the providence of God. We need to resist evil as much as we can. We need to win as many elections that will hold back evil as much as we can. But 
we don't have a kingdom here below, and no political party is going to save us. It may hold back the evil, or depending on the results, it may kind of enhance the evil, like what's happening right now. But we need to realize it's a spiritual battle, and it's not going to just be one on the level of politics, but we need to put on the spiritual armor of God. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to examine our own life. We really need to grow into deeper union and deeper holiness with the Lord. Dan, uh, Ralph, um, is anyone responsible? Uh, that's topic six. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's become common today to kind of make excuses for every bad thing that happens, saying, well, he's not really culpable, he's not really responsible, you know, he's a he's sincere, he's a person of goodwill, he didn't mean that type of thing. And one of the things that Scripture says is that we're all going to have to give an account for our actions before the Lord. You know, we're saved by faith, but we're we're judged by whether we live in harmony with that faith or not. And so, uh, at least in the Catholic Church, there's been a lot of focus on, well, are you really responsible? Maybe, you know, you had a bad upbringing, or, or maybe, uh, you know, uh, you have an addiction, so you're not really culpable anymore for this. And so one of the things that St. Augustine said is that he actually, by the time he wanted to become a Christian, he says he was really a slave to sexual sin. He couldn't get free. And he said, however, he was responsible for having gotten into that state of slavery through a whole series of free decisions he made early in his life that he repeatedly chose for evil. He repeatedly chose for sexual immorality till he actually became habituated to it. And by the time he wanted to become a Christian, he couldn't get free. So he was just crying out to the Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. I am a slave to sin, but I'm responsible for having become a slave to sin. Set me free. And eventually, through a long, painful, slow process, the Lord gave him an opportunity to walk out of it, and he walked out of it. So rather than trying to figure out to what degree we're culpable or not, rather than trying to rationalize our sin or make excuses for our sin, if we're doing something that's objectively wrong, we need to do everything we can to turn away from it and and, and stop kind of excusing ourselves, stop making rationalizations, you know, Stop saying, well, I'm leading such a good life in this area. I deserve a little pleasure in this area that's, that's illicit, that God will understand. That's just deceiving ourselves. And so many times Scripture says, don't deceive yourselves. And so many times it says, don't be deceived. So what that chapter is all about is that we are responsible for what we do. And whether we're fully capable, culpable or not isn't the point. The point is we need to pay attention to the Word of God, which calls us to repentance and to turn away from objectively wrong behavior, not make excuses for it, not deceive ourselves, not be deceived by the culture. My guest from Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Ralph Martin. Ralph, you now uh, swing into part two. It's called Pathways Forward. And you, you get into topics like seeing and not seeing and a time for action, uh, the inexhaustible riches of Jesus. Uh, give us a minute and a half in closing on Pathways Forward. Sure. Well, the first six chapters of the book talk about the difficulties and really clarify what the truth is. The next seven chapters talk about how do we move forward. Some of the important things there is let's stop pretending everything's okay. Let's 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 tell the truth about what's happening, because unless we tell the truth, unless we stop 
deceiving ourselves, we're not going to be able to take the radical action that's needed. What's needed is radical repentance. What's needed is radically turning to the Lord. And what's needed then is bold, courageous witness to who Jesus is and the truths of the faith. We really need to uh, fear God more than men. We need to fear God more than the pressure that the culture is bringing on us. And the only way we can do that is by asking the Lord to give us more of his Holy Spirit, fill us with holy fear of God. You know, Scripture says, fear of the Lord is beginning the wisdom. We need to bow down before the holiness of God and ask him to give us the clarity of mind, the strength of will, the boldness and the fire that the apostles had so we're able to resist and overcome the world. It's our faith that overcomes the world. So hopefully there's a lot of uh, a lot of good 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 resources for people in the second part of the book. And the last chapter talks about the inexhaustible riches of Jesus. God is so much bigger than these problems. Jesus is so much more powerful, and we just need to really draw close to him. Ralph Martin has been our guest, author of A Church in Crisis, Pathways Forward. We've got more on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Stay right with us here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, the word in beautiful Orlando. Ralph Martin, our guest in that first segment, uh, talking about his book, A Church in Crisis, Pathways Forward. Uh, He was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We stay in the Midwest. We go to St. Louis. We've uh, found Daryl Strawberry, the former Major League Baseball All-Star. His book is out, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transforms Your Life. First of all, Daryl, welcome back to Orlando, where you uh, have lived previously, and I'm so proud of your book. It's wonderful to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, Pat. Thank you, and thank you for reaching out to me, and thank God for his grace, mercy, and love, and you know, to be able to write another book to help so many people. The discipleship tool is so important to encourage people. Uh, why Why was it important to write this book, Daryl? Well, I think because I, I, I left people with my last book, uh, my autobiography, Straw. You know, uh, it was a New York Times bestseller, but I left people there. But I never went into the transformation of how God transformed a life, you know, and how he takes a life from where it was. And he creates his own image inside of the person, and he brings the person to wholeness so the person can be able to deliver his message that will help people know that God is real and God loves you regardless of who you are, what you've done. It's not the color of your skin. He's not looking at that. He's looking at the heart of a man that he can take and use to glorify him. So I just wanted to bring that forward to people to understand Um that's that's what God has done in my life. Everybody wondering, well, how did you get to preach? God, I sat with God for years and got away from all the worldly things and got serious in the Bible and saturated myself. And the Holy Spirit started teaching me the Bible supernaturally, and I started to preach the gospel and started to um, win souls. I mean, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. The purpose of a, a creation of why God created us for Himself, not for our own good, and I think we run with our own good for a long time, just like I did. But I came into a place where I surrendered myself, and I was very persistent to go after God because I really wanted to know God in my heart. Daryl, your book breaks down into innings. Instead of chapters, we've got nine innings. Let's get started. The first inning, Receive God's Grace. Uh, Tell us about that. Receiving God's Grace, that's so good, Pat, because I think a lot of people— 
don't understand that we don't deserve it. And when you could get to that place and understand that his grace is for you, that says Second Corinthians twelve nine, and he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And he's telling us you are weak and you're gonna be weak, but my grace that I'm gonna to give to you is sufficient for you. It will carry you farther than you can ever imagine. And that's what the grace of God has done in my life, you know, understanding and accepting. And I think so many people don't accept God's grace. They want his hand and they want him to give them stuff. And he's extending his hand for you to give the grace. You got to get the grace first and understand that part so you can learn how to walk in humility so God can use you mightily for his kingdom. Now we move to the second inning, redefine your identity. What's that mean, Daryl? That means so many of us get consumed and lost with what we do in the natural and what we accomplish from an earthly standpoint, just like me for so long. Playing Major League Baseball for 17 years, had the wrong identity, you know, wearing a uniform and thinking that's just it, you know, and that's not just it. That's what I what I did. I played baseball, but that's not who I was. Your identity is who are you in Christ, and I think that's the most important thing most people don't ever come to the place of finding out. And when you redefine your identity in Christ, then you know that you have arrived, not from a, a, a professional standpoint, a million, millionaire uh, standpoint, a privileged standpoint, which I live playing baseball. Uh, that was just an earthy thing. But now I have a great identity in Christ, and I know who I work for. I work for the king. We move to the third inning. Daryl Strawberry is our guest renew your mind tell us more renew your mind that's with the word of god you you have to have that transformation you know the washing so you can renew your mind i, I think so many people never get to that place of changing their thought process i think they think about earthly things instead of thinking about the kingdom thing and you know matthew six thirty three says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness then all these things will be added into you and when we seek after the kingdom and his righteousness then everything else is added to us and we've had a change of thought a different mindset you know which lead us to do what god called us to do that daryl strawberry is our guest uh, the book is a must-read. Go up to Amazon or uh, head to Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. Uh, make sure you get it. Turn your season around, how God transforms your life. Instead of chapters, uh, we have innings. Fourth inning, uh, Daryl, re- reveal your scars. Uh, what does that mean? That's a really good one, Pat. Reveal our scars. Reveal our scars that we have, the wounds and the scars that we have in our life. I think a lot of times people are ashamed to reveal their scars and what has happened to them. Like me, I was a womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, sinner, saved by grace, and God's the only one can heal you from your scars. We are so afraid to show our scars, and Jesus showed us his scars. Why are we so afraid? You know, Jesus showed the scars of who he was and going to the cross and being crucified, and he showed everything to us. So why is it that we are so afraid to show our scars. Here, here it is, the Messiah, he would go to the tomb and uh, he would rise early Sunday morning and get up with all power. So we have to understand Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who live. When I die, I'm able to show my scars and say that Jesus healed me because he's the Redeemer. 
we've come to the middle of the game. It's the fifth inning. And you say, release God's grace. Uh, I want to hear more about this. Release God's grace. That was the grace that you have to give to somebody else because he, he gave it to us. And I was able to release God's grace you know, through the fact that my life was, uh, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. My dad was an alcoholic and you know, he came home drunk all the time. He came home the last time and pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. Had it not been for my mother getting the boys out of the house, we would have killed him that night. Mm. And I hated my father. I kept him out of my whole life, my whole career. You know, he beat me and told me I would never uh, grow up to be anything. So I just hated him, and I kept him out my whole career and, and everything. I never had a relationship. I was angry. And there it was. I was going to do a men's conference in California, and the Lord speaks to me on a Friday night, and I'm going to do a men's conference on Saturday, Pat. He speaks to me. He says, your father's in, my brother told my father's in hospital. The Lord said, I want you to go down there and see your father in hospital. And I want you to repent to him and ask him to forgive you for keep you keeping him out of your life and career. And I was like, Lord, you serious? And I called my wife. She prayed for me. She said, you need to go down there Sunday. I went down there. God told me, don't say anything. He told me, he told me to, um, can you hear me? He yes, told- I- Yes, I can, Daryl. He said, he, he said, don't say anything about what he, he did to you. And I went down and I saw my father and I said, we, I, you know, the Lord has changed my life. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry for keeping you out of my life and my career. And a tear came out of his eye and he said, yes. And I just lost it. I laid in his lap and just, I was weeping just mm, so hard, mm, mm. crying. And the, Lord, and the Lord said, raise up. And I raised up. And then the Lord said, lead him in the center prayer. And there I was. I said, would you like to accept the Lord? And he said, yes. And I said, repeat after me. And I led him in the center of prayer. And then on, like five or four or five months later, he goes on and die and pass away and goes home and be with the Lord. And the Lord told me that the forgiveness was not for my father. The forgiveness was for me. That's why I stayed broken all those years, because I wouldn't forgive him. Wow. What a story, Daryl. What a story. Wow. It was incredible. I led him to the Lord, the man that rejected me. There I am giving him the grace that God gave to me. And there it is. God accepts him and he passes away. And God tells me the forgiveness was for me because God set me free immediately when I, when I forgave him. When I forgave him, God set me free forever. Pat. And I think people don't understand that, you know, it's something great about uh, God's forgiveness. And when you go forgive somebody else, even if they wronged you, and you go back and say, I'm sorry for, for you know, cause keeping that mind. Cause God taught me through that. Two wrongs don't make a right. Daryl Strawberry is our guest, former Major League Baseball All-Star. Uh, Daryl, um, the sixth inning has arrived, and it says, reflect God's heart. Uh, t- tell us more about this. Yeah, it's the heart of God. You know, I, I think you reflect when you get to know God, you will know his heart. And what is his heart? He wants you to have the same heart that he has. And his heart is, is the goodness of who he is. And he teaches us, you know, through the heart to love others despite what they say or what they do about you. And I just remember all the things that were said about me from people. God gave me such a good heart. I ended up having the heart of God of forgiving everything that was done wrong around me. And I, I think that's the most incredible place to be able to get 
uh, to be able to find the freedom of liberty, of life, of joy, because my heart is clean now. If your heart is not clean, it's going to always be heavy. My heart is not heavy anymore because God, I have the heart of God, and he cleaned it out for me, and he allowed me to go back and do some things and, 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 and with, a, with a good heart. And I asked my, my two wives and my kids to forgive me. It, it was just so incredible when you understand that your heart is right with God. Uh, in the seventh inning, and I guess we should take a stretch here, Daryl. Re- <laughs> I'm stretching for you. Uh, reclaim, okay. reclaim God's best. Um, I, I want you to expand on that. Yes, reclaiming God's best is is what He has for you. And I think you, we, we all, we all, everybody looks at everybody else instead of looking at the, looking at themselves. And God has the best for all of us. He's got some great. For all of us to, to achieve, uh, to have, and it's out there and it's available for all of us, but we have to commit to it to be able to see the best. You know, I'm not talking about stuff. I think too many people get confused with stuff. God's not talking about stuff. His best to give to you is great wisdom, great knowledge, great joy, great peace, and you have such far under far understanding about everything that God wants to do through you when you wake up every day. Every day I wake up with this great joy and worship God because the best is yet to come. It sits in front of me as I continue to go and do kingdom work. And it's, at the end of the day, if I'm not winning souls, then I'm not doing 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 God's best. It's because I'm saved. I got salvation. I've been transformed. But he's given me, me his gift, which is the Holy Spirit, that supernaturally dwells inside of you, that teaches you all things in remembrance of Jesus, that you are able to go out there and do the best and not make it about you. Daryl, why do so many Christians really not understand the work of the Holy Spirit? What do you think? Oh, because they don't, they don't spend time with him. You know, they don't spend time with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. He's part of the Trinity. You know, God, God the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and Jesus said that, you know, I, you know I'm going to send you the Comforter, and he's going to teach you all things and remembrance in, of me. But if you got to believe that, you got to operate in that, you got to ask the Holy Spirit to come in. The Holy Spirit is not going to invite himself in. You have to ask him to come in. He's a gentleman, you know, and when you ask him to come in and you start, start speaking with him, just like you speak in your prayers to God, the Holy Spirit starts to ap- uh, uh, operate supernaturally, and he starts to do things that you can't do, but he can do through you if you have a relationship with him. So I have a great, wonderful relationship with the Holy Spirit. He taught me the Bible supernaturally. He's taught me scriptures. He taught me how to retain scriptures and everything, and not in my head, but down in my belly. And I love I love spending time with the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, Daryl, <clears throat> the eighth inning, restore God's peace. Uh, tell us more. <clears throat> The peace. Well, when we understand the peace, what is peace? It's, it's God's peace. God's peace is peace that surpasses all understanding. It is God's wonderful peace that he gives to us that we can rest assured that everything is going to be all right in our life, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what it looks like. I don't sit here. I don't worry because God has given me his wonderful peace to be able to walk through this life here. Because when you look at the times that we are in, you could be in a big bowl of confusion watching television and watching social media. So I don't get into that. I stay into the peace of God. 
I stay with God. I stay in his word. I stay connected. You're not supposed to leave that because if you leave that and get outside of God's peace, okay, now you open the door for the enemy to come in, you know, just like Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life is not stuff. It's God's great peace. It's God's great joy. And it's God's great knowledge. Daryl Strawberry is our guest. His book, Turn Your Season Around. We got another segment with Daryl. When we come back, we've uh, arrived in the ninth inning. Rejoice always. This is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour right here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, the word in Orlando. Uh, We'll be right back. Daryl Strawberry has written a new book, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transforms Your Life. Uh, Daryl, as advertised, uh, we've come to the ninth inning. Rejoice always. Uh, Fill us in. Rejoice always is rejoice in every part of your life. And that's what the Lord is telling us. Um, wake up in your heart with rejoicing in the Lord and rejoicing that you have an opportunity to fulfill the promises that God had created over your life from the beginning. The promises of our life is far greater than we understand. And when we can understand that we're, we are descended of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what does that mean? They were blessed. So God says you're blessed if you rejoice and believe in it and walk in it and walk it out. But you have to believe in it and walk it out. I think the problem with so many Christians, they don't rejoice. They don't believe in it. They have a moment uh, of time. They believe in it when they're in church, and then they walk out of church, and they don't feel it because I think they don't know who God really is. I think they don't know the presence of God goes everywhere with you. So you're able to rejoice everywhere you go when you take the presence of God with you. I think sometimes people just come to church and they have that poof moment and they feel good in church and they're not out of church. Okay, well, I'm back to worldly things. You know, God said, remove yourself from these worldly things. Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. you got to be renewed to be able to rejoice in all things that God is looking for us to do. Daryl. What's your advice about the most effective way to study Scripture, study the Bible? I think the most important thing is is when you're reading Scriptures, when you're dialing in and something comes to you, I think you got to meditate on it. If Scriptures come to you and that you want to know and that resonates with you, that you can use and utilize, uh, that's when you meditate. That's when I meditate and when I take Proverbs Three, five, and six, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Now, uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't meditate on that. I break that down into, like, three different ways. You know, I, the beginning, first part of it says trust in the Lord. That's what I, 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 I work on. I trust in the Lord. I study that part. Then it says, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. I take that part. Acknowledge him in all your ways, you know, and then I take that part. You take piece by piece, and you develop it inside of you, not in your head, down in your belly. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you keep scriptures down in your belly so when you need to bring them out, he'll bring them up for you because they're down in there because he has delivered them inside of you. I think too many people... um, had have head knowledge of the scriptures and they talk about them, but they don't really have 
a hard knowledge of the scriptures. And I think that's where the importance of scriptures for people when you're studying to learn uh, is you're, you've got to take time. and you, you can't be in such a hurry. So many people are in such a hurry. You don't even open a Bible. The Bible don't even look highlighted no more because they use their cell phone and everything. So they don't really know what the Bible is. I mean, I, my Bible gets work and I make sure it gets work. Daryl, I want you to talk to people uh, who are uncomfortable or uh, fearful of sharing their faith, talking to others about the Lord. Uh, what's your counsel? What's your advice? I would just encourage people who are fearful to talk about the Lord uh, to others in the public. Uh, don't be afraid. Um, it's not you. The, the power of God will back you if you speak truth. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, don't be consumed about what others are going to think about you. Uh, listen here. They talked about me when I was a heathen, uh, when I played Major League Baseball and was an alcoholic drug addict. They talked about me then. Um, now they talk about me now because I love Jesus. Just, just realize one thing. They're going to talk about you no matter what, so get over it. And that's what I've come to from a public perception of who I am, that God has put me on a public uh, in the public eyes for people to see that I'm not afraid. I'm bold to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, just like Billy Graham was. Billy Graham was bold about the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is where we have lost ourselves as believers, because we're not bold enough to talk about the gospel. We're worried about what others may, may say about us. So I just encourage you, don't worry about what they say about you. They don't know you. They don't like you anyway. So just Keep being bold about how you talk about Christ because somebody may need to hear you talk about it and you being afraid to talk about it can't help them because they know you live a different way, but you don't have to thump nobody over the head with the Bible. We're just having a conversation right now. I don't thump anyone over the head with the Bible. I just live it. you know. I, and my kids you know, see me today as a man of faith, and I'm grateful for that because the legacy my mother left for me was that Jesus is Lord, and the legacy I want to leave for my children, that Jesus is Lord, not me being a great baseball player, but Jesus is king, and I want them to know that through the way I live it. Tell me more about your mother. My mother was a remarkable woman. Um, she passed at the age of 55, terminal breast cancer, and on her deathbed, um, I just remember us all circling around her, and she's looking at us and didn't want to let go because we were all lost in sin. And I said, Mom, we're going to be all right. And she looked me in the eyes and looked again at all of my brothers and sisters. And she, I said, we're going to be all right. And then she let go. And my sister found a journal under her bed that she had been praying for all of us. And in the journal, she was praying for me. She was praying that God would knock me off of my throne, mm. my fame, my fortune, and bring salvation to me. And, and guess what? That, I love that woman. It came to pass. She was praying for me in her secret place with nobody else known about it. And the journal was just full of prayers for all of her kids that God would save us and bring salvation to us. And she prayed that I would get knocked off my fame, fortune. She didn't care about that. She prayed for salvation for me. And God knocked me off my throne and gave me salvation. So I'm grateful for that woman. She loved us. She raised five kids by herself. And she was a praying woman. And that's what whoever's listening to this, a mother or somebody, tears may be running down your face. You don't stop praying. 
because God hears the prayers. Mm. You might not get you might not get to see it in the natural. I'm a living witness for my mother prayer. My mother not seeing it in the natural, but she's watching in the supernatural. And she said, I told that boy God was going to stop him. And she was right. Not only did he stop me, I go on to lead my whole family to the Lord after I receive salvation. So God has a plan. So just encouraging somebody who may be thinking, my son, my daughter's lost, you keep praying for them. You keep pleading the blood of Jesus over them. It ain't up to you to to see it maybe. Just pull away and let God do what he's going to do. Because my mother pulled away from us, and she just prayed. And that journal opened up. We was like, oh, my gosh, he's praying for all of us. God save them. Do whatever you have to do. And it came to pass. All of us got saved. Daryl. What lies ahead for you, do you think? What does the Lord have for you over the next 10 years? Well, hopefully I continue to, to be the evangelist that he's called me to be and, and win millions of souls or whatever it may be, you know, just the lives, you know, to come to Jesus, preach like Billy Graham did, uh, preach the gospel with conviction. And, and I think so many of us want to preach today and want people to like us. I don't ever want to be a pastor or a preacher that stands up and try to brand myself. I'm not branding myself. This is not about me. This is about Jesus Christ. It's about me talking about the kingdom. It's about me talking about salvation, telling people to repent, come back and turn from their wicked ways so God can heal you and this land, because this is really what it's all about, because the times that we are in, as you're getting closer to the end times, you can see all the signs, you know, all the dysfunction, the brokenness, the lawlessness, and it's all right in front of us. It is real, Pat. And I think Christians need to come back to the real gospel that makes people repent and come back home. Because the Savior, he's coming one day. And folks ain't going to be ready. A lot of folks going to be left here because they think this God thing is, uh, is foolish. But when the Savior comes back, when Jesus Christ comes back, the Messiah, a lot of people are going to be hurting because they're going to miss out when they had a chance. You hear the gospel, respond to the gospel while you have a chance, because tomorrow is never promised to none of us. Daryl Strawberry, a longtime Major League outfielder who has had a dramatic experience with the Lord, and he writes about it in his new book. Make sure you get it. Turn your season around, how God transforms your life. Well, folks, we've got to wrap up after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour here on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word in Orlando. Uh, we're always so glad when you join us, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Well, folks, thanks for joining us here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. In that first segment, Ralph Martin was with us from Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, talking about his book, A Church in Crisis, Pathways Forward. And then Daryl Strawberry, the former New York Mets, Yankees star, played with the Dodgers, the Angels. Uh, He's in St. Louis, Missouri now, and his new book has come out. You turn your season around, how God transforms your life. Uh, Folks, we're trying to bring Major League Baseball to Orlando, and you can be a big help. Go up to that website, orlandodreamers.com, and just check in there and say, good idea. I like this idea of Orlando being a Major League Baseball city. It makes sense to me. Uh, we need to hear from you. Uh, just to get your encouragement, orlandodreamers.com. We're back next weekend for more.
on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour on the new AM 990 and FM 101.5, The Word, in Orlando.